The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a program of book talk with authors and experts that help you excel in life. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I'm thrilled to be your personal growth success coach here on the airwaves with you every week. So get ready to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and be the star you are. We are a show about following your heart, doing what you love, bringing you the best authors and experts that really share their life's tools and their life's adventures. And today we have a very, very special treat because rarely do we allow one author on a show to occupy a full hour of our broadcast time. But here is Dundalakis' true life story of espionage and escaping the Gestapo in Greece in World War II is just too juicy of an adventure to devour in a 20-minute segment. Helios was a former guest on our show several months ago and left everyone wanting more. The name of his book is I Was Trained to Be a Spy. It is a true life story. Welcome back, Helios, to Be the Star You Are. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very glad glad to be talking with you again. Well, you have been a very busy man since we last spoke. You've been interviewing on many other shows. And now you have a little short movie clip that you've done about your book that I loved. I thought it was so well done. So, But before we get into details, because we have a full hour, Helios, we're going to get to know quite a bit about you and these true life stories of how you escaped the Nazis, which are just, you know, I mean, it's, frightening and blood-curdling at the same time, but I wanted to say how much I enjoyed the introduction to your book that was penned by your son, Dr. Oh, Stephen yes. Dundalakis. Uh-huh. It's fascinating to me when, um, when we as children get to know more about our parents, when we go back to what we call the old country, you know, to visit friends and relatives, and that was a real interesting experience that Stephen had when he went back to visit your friend Cosmos as well as your family. Yes, yes. Uh, 
the children are very excited uh, that uh, they had to <coughs> witness uh, uh, stories, uh, very famous stories about me. Did it take a long time for you to talk about these stories about your World War II uh, espionage experiences, uh, or was this something that you always discussed with the family? Well, uh, I was not discussing only uh, with my family, but with all the relatives and friends. I, uh, every time we, they knew uh, what, what I was doing during the war, and every time we had um, uh, a gathering or something, uh, immediately someone would come, okay, Elias, come on, tell us again something about uh, this, about that. So... The children always were listening, and they were excited themselves. Well, you know, everyone loves James Bond, Helios, and you're a real-life James Bond. You're the American <laughs> Greek version of James Bond. So let's start in the beginning. You, you were born in America, in Ohio, but when you were about Kenton, two, Ohio, your family yes. moved back to the island of Crete in Greece, where you lived a very simple life in a simple house. You didn't have electricity or running water. And then when you were a teenager, World War II broke out, the Germans invaded, and you and your father were almost killed when you were walking through your vineyards, spraying, yes. you had packs on your back, and you were strafed by German planes. Yes, yes. Uh, I uh, happened to be spraying the vines, and uh, all of a sudden uh, I uh, we realized uh, that, that was, by the way, just a, a couple of hours before the invasion. Right, the German, because they were going to bomb the airport, right? Yes, uh, the German uh, uh, airplanes were flying all over, and two, we noticed two airplanes uh, saw us uh, carrying, you know, a big uh, sprayer on our backs, and uh, they came very low, thinking, obviously, that we were soldiers, and they started firing at us, and we were... Uh, uh, lucky to not to be hit, and then well, you, the ran in a, you ran we in a saw ditch. The, the planes was... coming right back, and we uh, we jumped in a ditch, a ditch, and uh, ditch, and uh, and we survived. Had you not jumped in that ditch and dumped your sprayers, you might have been killed right then and there. Oh yes, that was our first uh, 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 approach, let's say, to the war. Well, let's go from there, because here is where the drama really came in. You went back to your home. You realized that now the Germans had invaded or were in the process of invading, and your brother George was instrumental in the resistance. And this yes. is how you got involved in it. And you're just this young teenager. How you survived, it was almost like, I suppose it must have been like a game for you in a way, because you were so young and invincible. Yeah, I was 17 years old at that time, and um, uh, the the whole thing really uh, uh, helped us to join this organization. Was that because we knew uh, English, not uh, perfect, but uh, after all, we grew up in in that little village. So uh, the German, I mean the uh, English uh, officers were asking who was talking English, and they said Dundulaki's family talks. Uh, so we went uh, uh, to them, and uh, we were talking continuously every day uh, as uh, interpreters, you know. Uh, and then 
uh, an English um, uh, major uh, suggested to my brother, why don't uh, you, because we were preparing to go also to Egypt, and says, why do you have to go to Egypt? This is a chance now to open a, an organization, and they sent my brother uh, to Iraq. And by the way, my brother was two years older, and uh, he had finished high school, and they um, uh, 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 called all his classmates, friends, including me. And um, for two years, from 1941 to 43, we had a very successful and uh, effective uh, organization. I would say thousands of Germans uh, either drowned in ships or killed because of our, our telegrams. We used to give them to the English intelligence service officers, and they would uh, continue... Um, uh, from there. Well, uh, so, when you started with the resistance, uh, you were going to go to Egypt, and this to me, just your flight from Greece to get to Egypt was very, very dangerous because you had to go through the mountains oh, and yeah. then down to the sea to take a boat over to get there. And you, if you had been caught by the Gestapo, of course you would have been killed. And you say in your book, and the book is I Was Trained to Be a Spy, how there were so many Greek uh, partisans who were helping you or helping the resistance, and not long after you would stay in their homes or be gone, some of them were caught and executed, a couple of mayors of different towns. So it was a very dangerous time to be um, to have the Germans there and to be in the resistance. Your life was in danger at every moment. Oh, yes. Uh, um, as, as I mentioned, the two years we were working, uh, we, we were, let's say, well-known to everyone, and obviously Gestapo found out about our organization, and they uh, tried to get us. So the English intelligence service officer, SOE, he said, no, we are not going to let you be caught so they they invited a, a, a torpedo boat and came and picked us up, and uh, they uh, uh, yes, but but before that we had to for one month we were living in caves, um, and uh, until uh, the boat really uh, arrived in the south shore of Crete, and we went to Egypt. Well, and you had very little food or water, and one of the things that, of course, reading now, you you know, I can laugh about, but it must have been terrible, is you had a pair of English boots, but they had no soles, so you had put, like, rubber tires, and you tied them on with wires, but they fell off during this escape, and you had to run over thorns and uh, rocks, and you were barefoot. Oh, yes, uh... That was, uh, in matter of fact, uh, those English boots uh, had no soles. So uh, before we left, I went and I, um, I, I, I have seen it, an old tire outside um, uh, in a German camp. So I went and I cut two pieces and I tied them with uh, ropes, I mean uh, wires, under my shoes. So that's how I went, you know, unbelievable, let's say 70 miles over 
rough terra- terrain over mountains over this with those but of course uh, the wires would break so all the time I had to sit down and put the new wires and so on that's how I went to Egypt well and the leader the leader of the band who was taking you to the torpedo boat who was going to take you to safety was very clear he said that if no person would be left behind that he would personally shoot them Oh it, yes, yes. Uh, we we had to. You see, we did not know that terrain. Over, we could not go through regular roads, so we had to go through mountains. And only shepherds uh, who knew that this had to, um, uh, we had to follow. And uh, uh, he was told. You see, uh, I, I was young and I did not mind, but we had a. a, a um, a chemical engineer, Castanoyanis, who was 45 years old and running during the night like goats, you know, over the rough terrain. It was very hard for him. So he says, please, please. His tongue was out. says, please, five minutes to rest. He says, Mr. Castanoyanis, we, unless uh, we go fast, we, uh, the daylight will come and the Germans will see us. Uh, if you cannot follow, we have... Uh, we have to really kill you because uh, if they catch the Germans catch you, they will um, uh, you will be forced to tell about us and so on. So, Castellanos <laughs> got uh, courage, he got up and says, "Okay, I'll go." And and he goes running the poor men. But uh, uh, yeah, that was really. A very rough time. Very rough and frightening time because, I mean, again, you were probably the youngest there, and and so you could keep up, but you didn't have shoes. You had those terrible boots with no soles and just wire around them. My bed. And you got very tired. Uh, In fact, when you were not so far, your your fear was to fall behind, and then you fell asleep while you were in the ditch because your shoes fell off and you fell asleep. Tell us about that because then. you awoke and you had to run to try to catch up. You see, um, we were running so for for let's say for nine hours over the night, and then we all of a sudden we had to go down and we had to cross uh, an airport, Tibaki they call it. They call it, and um, uh, they the Germans had search. Uh, 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 cars going around with uh, search lights, and uh, as as soon as we were um, ready to cross the road, uh, the, the the German, oh no, the the guard says fall down, and we we uh, uh, there was a ditch there, and we fell in it. I was so tired. I mean, something that really I never expected to happen. Uh, in that fear to be uh, seen and be caught, I fell asleep. It's, it was when, you, when I read this part in your book, and of course I had read your book before and I reread it for this interview, and it was just even better this time because I already knew you, but it was like what a horrible time to fall asleep right where, right where the Germans were there. Yes, and then, and, and then as soon as the, the German uh, patrol car passed, the guard must have said, let's go, and they all left. And when uh, and because of the noise they made and so on for some re- for uh, for some uh, good uh, thing you know I I woke up and I see nobody 
and I, I only saw like a shadow far away, and I, I ran fast. Oh, in the meantime, my, my um, the wires broke of my shoes, so I took the the shoes out from my feet, and I was running over thorns, sharp stones, and so on. And I caught him, and for, fortunately, it was not German. Thank was, goodness. Uh, Thank goodness. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue speaking with Helios Dundalakis. His book is I Was Trained to Be a Spy. And what's going to happen next is he's going to tell us about how he gets into espionage and the OSS and his training that happens in Egypt and what happens after that. It's such an exciting story. Helios, hold on. You're going to stay with us. You will be back right after this break. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with my very special guest, Helios Dundalakis, and his book, I Was Trained to Be a Spy. Don't go away. Very well. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Did you know that teens with low self-esteem who feel they don't fit in are more vulnerable to peer pressure, more likely to have depressive reactions, eating disorders, higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse, criminal involvement, suicide attempts, and be involved with risky behaviors? You can help make a difference by sponsoring this radio program, Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, positive media, and donates positive books to increase literacy. Call 877-944-STAR, S-T-A-R. For more information or visit our website at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Also, you can make a PayPal donation at www.BeTheStarYouAre.org. Thank you for helping our youth succeed. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. 
Thank you so much for staying with us. I, I am Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. With me is a, my very favorite guest here, Helios Dundalakis, with his book, I Was Trained to Be a Spy. And when we left off, I, he was telling us about how he had to escape to the shore to get on a torpedo boat so that he could be taken over to Egypt, where he was going to be trained into the British intelligence. So, Helios, you make it over to Egypt. It wasn't a very smooth ride. No, oh, we, uh, we really uh, got scared when, after we left, after the boat came and we all went in the boat, and uh, in ab- about uh, um, a couple of hours, a German patrol boat spotted the torpedo boat and made two circles around the boat, and immediately the the, the English uh, sailors went uh, on, uh, on 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 guard and so on, and thinking that uh, that plane would notify other planes to come and sink. So uh, I said, "Oh my God, we we survived from Gestapo, and now we are going to be sunk by um, by their their planes." So anyway, he never came. Uh, so uh, the next the next afternoon we reached uh, North Africa, and then uh, by there we slept. And the next day, with a truck, open tra- truck, we went to Cairo. Well, I think what was so surprising when you arrived in Cairo was where you were taken. Instead of being taken to barracks, you're actually taken to this fancy villa. Oh, yes. The the English had uh, um, uh, appreciated so much the help we gave them uh, because of of our information so that instead of putting us in a camp, they put us in a beautiful uh, villa outside from Cairo, they called uh, Iliopolis. So there we were about two months, uh, but uh, and, uh, when we realized that they were preparing us to send us in a different part of Crete, Hanya, which is the western uh, part of, of the island. Uh, uh, I don't know wh- how, but the English themselves told the OSS, intelligence. Don't forget, the, the English were English intelligence. They were staying in the uh, officers of English intelligence villa. And then, uh, for uh, I don't know how, but they notified the OSS that two brothers... Which is who, the American intelligence. Who, uh, the OSS was the American intelligence. Right. So um, they, they told... They were told by the British intelligence that they have that uh, two American uh, brothers uh, had done tremendous job and they have experience and they are um, uh, American born. So immediately the OSS said as well, why can we get those two brothers? So they sent an American, a Greek American captain in the American army, of course. Um, to search for us. They came to Heliopolis to, and, and, and they found us. And I said, look, we realized that uh, 
<clears throat> you are American-born. Why don't you come and work with us? Uh, as soon as the the English heard this, says, "Oh no, you're not going to go with the with the uh, Americans. Uh, you see, we treat you so well. You live in a villa, and you are going to leave us." My brother says, what's the difference? We both work for the same, uh, against uh, the same uh, uh, enemy. So um, uh, the, the, the American captain used to come every day talking to us. Finally, one day he comes and says, look, do you want to come to work, to work with our organization? He says, yes. Says jump on the truck. But Helios, you know what I found interesting though, when the Americans asked you to come to them, and both you and your brother George wanted to do that, they wanted to make you part of the service, but as civilians. But your brother yes, said, yes. "No, we want to be soldiers. We're Americans. We want to be soldiers." Yes. Uh, after we went to the um, general headquarters in Cairo of OSS. Um, uh, they said, well, uh, since you want to go to the OSS, you have to come as uh, civilians because you have never taken the basic uh, training. My brother says, what? Who cares about the basic training? We want to be trained as spies. Right. <laughs> we, don't care. we don't care about the basic training. Uh, well, you had already had training in the resistance. Basically, you had already lived through the training. You were probably better trained already than many of the American soldiers who had gone through basic training. Yes, but uh, 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 my brother uh, insisted and said, look, unless you take us uh, without the basic training in the American Army and train us as spies, we are going to go back with the British. So, so they sent a telegram to Pentagon, and within 24 hours they said, if you really need those two brothers, take them without the basic training. And they and had. you were uh, like the only people that that had ever happened to. Uh, I don't think ever happened, but uh, 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 they had heard so much about us uh, from the British that they made my brother staff sergeant without the basic training, and, the, and me, uh, the younger brother, they made me a corporal. So <laughs> we were very happy about it now, at least, uh, you see, we were thinking uh, about the... Um, uh, veterans' uh, benefits and so on, which we did, we got later on. So after we got trained, uh, got um, uh, in the American Army, they said, "Well, now you have a. We're going to give you a, show you a surprise." And they and 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 an American lieutenant took us on a jeep, and they took us to. Uh, to the place where it's supposed to be the spy school. All of a sudden, he says, this is your school. He says, what? This is my school. This it, is the Maharaja Palace. It was a palace. It was a palace. Unbelievable. Says, and this? here you and your brother had come from this small village in a, <laughs> living in a small house with no electricity, no running water. You used to have to go to the toilet outside, even in the winter, and now you had a palace with servants. Yes, that palace had four different uh, sections of marble, pink, white, uh, uh, anyway, four different. They put us on the pink marble uh, apartment, you know, and uh, uh, outside was a tremendous garden, uh, a stairway like you see in the movies, and going in there, everything was marble, and... Uh, 
um, and uh, and they gave us a, a beautiful uh, bedroom to sleep with my brother. And as I say in the um, uh, in my book, uh, next day we had a meeting with the chief of the school, uh, da, um, uh, Major uh, Vassos. And um, uh, we, uh, he told us that we were going to be trained for uh, six months, for five months, actually at the end of six, uh, in, in different uh, things. Uh, he said, uh, you're going to uh, go for parachutes, jumping, uh, you are going to learn the Morse code, wireless instruction and operation, uh, you are going to uh, be trained in commando training defensive type, and then, uh, of course, uh, uh, environmental assimilation, how to assimilate and hide in any city will be sent. And then uh, will be uh, very interesting training how to uh, open locks, how to and saves, how to steal, how to photograph documents, uh, story, uh, fabrication and line. In other words, uh, uh, we had to uh, fabricate a story if we were caught why we were in that particular area or not. Well, and that is one of the most exciting and, and surprising things that you had to learn, besides all the parachute jumping and the Morris Code and the commando training, the fact that you were actually being trained in uh, being a thief and then well, learning how to, how to lie and methods of escape and, of course, how to eliminate yourself if indeed you were captured. The name of the book is I Was Trained to Be a Spy. It's the true life story of Helios Dundalakis. I just want to give his website out, and we're going to continue talking, of course, but I want people to go to his website. It's www.iwastrainedtobeaspy.com. It's the name of the book, I Was Trained to Be a Spy.com. Wonderful website, by the way, Helios, with, you know, it has music and lots of pictures and information about World War II and all the different events and the archives. It's a, a great website. But getting back to your book, I was trained to be a spy. So now you're learning how to be, um, how to do espionage, and you actually was only took you a couple of days to learn how to pick a lock. Oh, yes. Uh, for everything we had to, uh, it, it was so um, uh, strange training, but interesting, and uh, uh, for, for everyone, uh, I remember uh, it took us about four or five days to really master, to open uh, safes. You know, it was, uh, uh, they, they had brought four um, uh, dummy, uh, let's say, uh, safes, and uh, he said, try to open it by, by feeling the slot going down, not just trying to turn the knob. So it took us really a long time, but it was very interesting. Um, uh, the different other uh, smart things, how to make a, an, a, a killing instrument, in, even with a newspaper. Now Support. tell me, who, well, how was that? You said that, again, we're talking to Helios Dune Delacus. His book is I Was Trained to Be a Spy. He is a true life James Bond. You, in your book, it says how you rolled up a newspaper very tightly, and then you, you, where that was became a weapon. Yes, 
Yes, if you take a paper and you start uh, um, holding the middle and turn uh, and fold one after the other, you could have a very sturdy uh, point uh, that, uh, well, that one could only be used, let's say, suppose they took me and they put... uh, they caught me some place out out in the field, and they they are not sure really if I am. Uh, and they have me in in a room with one soldier watching me. Uh, uh, now uh, I could use. First of all, I had also a pen gun, a ball pen, a ball pen that looks just like a ball pen, a little thicker and had one bullet. Now, suppose I was pretending to write something to the German, and I pointed towards his heart, I could kill him, you know. If I happened that I did not have the pen gun with me, and uh, and uh, he was uh, in the same room, I could fold a newspaper and try to attack him, uh, hit him on the on the throat, you know, and and try to kill him or try to jump from the window or get his um, uh, uniform and and pass through the guard and so on. There was a a lot of uh, uh, interesting things. Well, and the other thing, when you became a spy, they paid you very well. So as an American, you were paid very well, whereas other soldiers were getting $5 a week. You were getting $100 or something, you know, some huge amount. So when you would go out, everyone would expect you to pay for them. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, You see, I was uh, getting the regular salary of a corporal and then $50 more because I was a a paratrooper, parachutist. So $50 for that. So the total thing was coming about $130 a month. Now, you can compare that the Greek soldiers and the English soldiers were getting only $5 a month. So every place, uh, first of all, every uh, all of them wanted me as a friend because I was paying all the time. Right. <laughs> but you were. All, it sounds like you were also having. You, in every place that you went, you were considered the star. Yes, I. You were the star because you had had all all of this training, and so while before you had to go back to Greece, while you were in your espionage training, it was all pretty interesting. But you weren't allowed to take a taxi back to the palace. You had to be brought. You had to either call or have a bus because there were Germans who were looking to find out who the spies were. So you had to be very cautious, didn't you? Oh yes, uh, every, uh, every place. Are you talking about going to Greece or? No, I'm talking about even when you were in Egypt, that there would be people in, there would be German uh, spies in Cairo who are looking oh, to see yes, what they you were, would look we like. We were not allowed to really talk, uh, and uh, and we were not allowed to come using the taxis to come back to the to the spy school. One was uh, dismissed. Um, uh, because he took a taxi to come to the school. Uh, so we were uh, very strict about that, and not to talk about the, the spy school and use only their 
buses to be taken to um, uh, Cairo downtown. Well, because if you had been known by the Germans of who the spies were, it would have endangered all the lives of everyone who was being trained. So it was very important to do that. Well, Helios, we have to take another quick break, but when we come back, we're going to Greece, and now you're going to tell us the stories of how for nine months you survived living in Salonka, where the Gestapo were everywhere. You were surrounded by Germans, and you had to be an actor and pretend that you had a business, and the entire time... You had your Morse code, and you had your, you were sending messages, coded messages, back to Egypt while the Germans were triangulating and find, trying to find you and how you escaped them. It's such an exciting story. The name of the book is I Was Trained to Be a Spy. The authoress is Helios Dundalakis. His website is IWasTrainedToBeASpy.com. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Helios, hold on. Once again, we'll be back in just a bit. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Bethestarur.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Are you ready for Dancing Under the Stars? Hi, I'm Dave Przicki, voice actor and volunteer with the Be the Star You Are charity, inviting you to join our 10th anniversary celebration on September 13th at our Mega Books and Bands Bash. New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan and 13 contributors will be launching and autographing the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens with all proceeds benefiting the charity. You'll meet celebrities, enjoy mocktails, snacks, raffles, martial arts demonstrations, the music of several live bands, be able to buy unique gift items from a variety of vendors, and also save lives by registering to be a bone marrow donor at our swab meet, sponsored by Marrow Miracles. The donation is only $13 per person for a full day of family fun, and it's 100% tax-deductible. Bring your wallet and get ready to make a difference while having a great time. Are you interested in being a corporate partner? Buying a table for 10? Advertising in our program or buying cases of the new book? We have lots of ways you can help. Contact us toll-free at 877-944-STAR. That's 877-944-7827. 
See you there. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the star you are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, we're back, and Helios is with us. His book is I Was Trained to Be a Spy. We have heard how he has left the island of Crete, worked in the resistance as a teenager during World War II against the Germans, was recruited by the English, had training under the English Secret Service uh, spy network, and then was recruited by OSS, which was the American version. Now he's going to be sent back to Greece to be deployed on his mission. So, Helios, you get to Salonika, and now you have now, to uh, let, Let's... Uh, uh, I'm just make a little correction. You said they, I was trained by the English. No, I was trained by the OSS. The OSS. The English intelligence. I mean the OSS. But you were were intelligence service. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. So trained by the OSS, which is the American uh, espionage. Uh, Forerunner of CIA. It it was the pre-runner of the CIA. Yes. Yes. So uh, so so I would say right after I finished, they told me that uh, I. Uh, had to go to Salonica, uh, and uh, uh, this, this is very interesting uh, uh, to hear what they gave me. They, they gave me a belt, uh, a nylon belt, which had a lot of small pockets, and inside those belts were 150 gold sovereigns. And on the right side, there was a bigger pocket that had a, a 32-gauge gun. Uh, and then, oh, and and uh, and uh, of course, after I went, um, and I supposed to be dropped by parachute, but then, at the last moment, they said there were about eighty thousand Germans out inside and outside the city. So no matter where I would be dropped, I would be caught. So they they decided to uh, uh, take me and and leave me in the end of a peninsula uh, miles away from the, the capital, uh, from uh, the city. So uh, in, in Smyrna, when I was there, they gave me also a, um, a can, a big can, that on the bottom had, was my radio. Uh, inside there was a forty-five gun and also a pencil gun, and on the top, had a compartment filled up with olive oil. <laughs> That's how I was dropped uh, um, uh, by the by a boat uh, in in, uh, in in Greece. 
And the olive oil was a very good deploy because you actually had a German ask you for a little oil. Oh, yes. Well, uh, 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 when we reached uh, there, we asked how we could go to Salonika, and they said there is no way you can go to Salonika from here because uh, this peninsula is full of, um, um, of partisans, and on the lowland, the Germans... So, but I uh, says you are lucky because today is Monday and there is a German boat leaving in ten o- ten o'clock. So uh, we, uh, uh, by the way, there was a, f- a friend of mine also with uh, a Greek officer who was going to a different city and he had the same belt, the same uh, can, everything the same. So we went uh, there and we saw the the boat. I spoke to the German sergeant. Oh, they were. Three Greek sailors and three Germans. One was a sergeant. So I went crying. I said, no, for two weeks, I'm, I'm looking, trying to, um, I mean, collecting this oil. My family is starving in Salonika. Would you please take me? So they took us. They told us to go inside the boat. And we were traveling all day long with that German boat, oh. uh, having uh, all these things with me. Uh, and and and, uh, and uh, at noon time, the German gave uh, the German sergeant gave some canned food to eat. And while we were eating, one a Greek uh, um, sailor called the, um, the the German sergeant, and, and he show was showing him my our cans. Right away, I, I spotted that, and I said to Spiro, who was my friend, I said, why is he looking there? So I went over there, and he, the, uh, he, he was asking the German if he could get some oil from our kids no. so, to make a, a tomato salad. You oh. know? So at least we got that through. It was everything okay. But really, the most imp- uh, dangerous uh, c- uh, confrontation, and we almost got caught, is that after we uh, reached uh, the, the, the port at the end of the peninsula, we uh, asked, how do we go to Salonika? He says, well, uh, it's not, uh, uh, you cannot find a taxi here, but uh, Two kilometers from here, you can find a taxi, and I'll take you with a horse cart, he said. So he went on the horse cart, uh, put the cans, two cans of oil, and uh, we were going, and then uh, the, the driver says, oh, I forgot to tell you, at the point I'm going to let you out uh, is a German inspection post. I said, oh, my God. He oh, said, uh, that must have been, that was really frightening. He says, uh, I ho- uh, "He says, I hope you don't have anything with you because sometimes they take your clothes off." I turn and I, I look at the, at my friend. He says, "What are we going to do? At least let's throw the guns out." But we had no time really to 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 decide what to do. And all of a sudden, the the, the horse cart went through a big uh, uh, courtyard, and the Ger- two Germans were looking at us coming. We went uh, by the German, by the German guards. One was around 45, and the other one was around 22. Both were holding guns, um, and I, we took the cans of oil from 
front of them. The German, uh, the older guy, says, what is in there? I said, olive oil. So I unscrew the, the top, and he put his finger, so it was olive oil without knowing, of course, what was under the oil. Right. And, 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 then, and then he says, take, uh, he tells me, take your jacket off. I take my jacket off. Now, let's not forget that under my shirt was the belt, the belt with, with the 150 gun. and also the gun. So he comes and he tells me to raise my, my arms, pre- pretending that uh, he was going to examine me. And while he put his uh, both arms under my armpit, you know, and all of a sudden he became... Uh, like uh, like a statue watching me. I says, why did he recognize me? What's the matter? Uh, and then he, he says, I started uh, trembling, you know, uh, what was going to happen. And then he says, how old are you? I said, 20, 20. He says, I have a son who is 18 years old, and they just took, they took him six months ago to the German army, and most likely right now is at the Russian front. Mm-hmm. And he looks just like you, the same eyes, the same height. And he started touching me, and then he closed his eyes and um, uh, and, and put uh, uh, one under my left uh, uh, left side and the right side. And as he had his eyes closed, thinking that he was touching his son, you know, uh, he went down and he hit the gun. But he was so much... Uh, t- uh, uh, thinking about his son that he did not recognize it, thought it was my belt probably. You but know, they- um, Helios, when I read that story, I mean, it's such a touching story. I felt that you were protected by angels or, or God or whatever because of the kindnesses that you showed throughout the war. There's times in your book where you talk about seeing mothers with their babies that are starving, you know, in uh, yes, the yes. In Turkey, and you gave this them This was food. like a miracle. They it were was miracles. A miracle. Many miracles happened to you while you were in the war, though. It was a miracle. Uh, as a matter of fact, after uh, he, he did not touch, uh, he t- touched a little bit my friend, he did not, and we went, left. After we left, uh, uh, they said, you know, it was a miracle. Was it was a miracle. a miracle that you looked uh, just like his son. Otherwise, he would be dead by now. Right. And then, and then my friend says, "Yes, but what uh, would have uh, happened if they, he had started with me first? <laughs> you know, but throughout the book, we're talking to Helios Dundalakis. His book is "I Was Trained to Be a Spy." There is miracle after miracle that happened to you once you actually had set up your wireless. You had Gestapo set up a game outside the window. You had people yes. had to be stationed around who literally warned you just minutes before the Gestapo invaded where you were. You had to jump out a window, and you survived it all. And that, to me, was a miracle, to have lived among them for nine months and sending out these messages 
whereby one of the messages, there was the train in the train station where a girl told you that the train was leaving tomorrow. It was Thursday at 3. At 3 o'clock, You were able yes. to get a message out, and the train station was bombed, and there were 3,000 Germans there, and a great many of them were killed, and it was just by a miracle that you survived that. But before we end it, Helios, I wanted just to talk for a little bit too, about what you've done, what you did after the war, because you, uh, both you and your brother, were decorated by the Americans and by the Greeks, but then you went on to get your engineering degree, and you have, you have had some major accomplishments in your life, including your signature is up there on the moon. Yes, in two places. Uh, uh, you see, uh, this, this I'm wondering myself, how did I have the patience after I survived that uh, uh, dangerous mission that I had to go for another five years of torture, you know? So I went, I had a, a civil engineering master's degree in civil engineering, and uh, I was lucky. Being in the in the military there, right? And being a spy, yes. you enjoyed being a spy. It, it happened. It happened that uh, at that time um, uh, they were building the biggest antenna in the world, which is right now operating in Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Uh, I have the sole patent. You know, was they wanted to. Uh, it was thousand feet diameter, and they had to hang a load of eight hundred tons, two hundred and fifty feet above. So uh, the, the Coronel University said, "Put a big tripod." I said, "No, why put a tripod? It will cost uh, um, twenty million dollar more. Why don't you hang it by wires?" He says, "Hang it." So anyway, I made the design, and they, uh, I got a patent, and they built that greatest antenna in the world. What an achievement. What an accomplishment. And then, and then the, the space uh, uh, projects were coming, going to the moon. I heard about that. I went, and with my record, they took me, and they divided the, the lamb into different sections. My section got how to to build the legs, the four legs of the uh, lunar body. Uh, and um, uh, when Armstrong uh, uh, went to the moon, he came uh, there, he shook hands with us. Uh, I was a group leader at that time. Uh, they, they, uh, and then the, they, ha- they put... Uh, these managers and so on, to sign a placard. Uh, So they gave me the placard, I signed my name, and they took it to the moon, they made copies, they took it to the moon, and my signature, it was put, I mean, this placard was put in a jar which was left on, on, on the moon. And then that was Apollo 11. Apollo 12, they say, the other two astronauts, uh, did the same thing. They let me sign. So my, they took my signature and they put it on, the, I think it is on the dark side of the moon. So my name so when we look is up in the two moon, places of the moon. We can see your face now, Helios. Now, besides, pardon? 
That is, so that is just such a, that is really something that you had participated in Apollo 11 and Apollo 12 as well as having this largest radio telescope in the world. We're getting towards the end of our time and I wanted to let our listeners know that you've also written uh, a book in Greek. Oh yes, I, I wrote uh, a book in Greek uh, even uh, bigger than uh, the English book because I started with my father, you know, coming to the United States and so on, who came 1910, and uh, 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 a little boy also like me, and uh, that's how we went to America. Uh, so uh, I, I would say that uh, I had a, a very, um, very exciting life, uh, oh, by the way, I also designed the foundations of the, you see, in, uh, over the Grand Central in New York, in Manhattan, uh, over uh, is a 65-story high uh, skyscraper. Uh, it was the Pan American at that time. Now it is a pen, uh, uh, well, what we'll do, Helios, because we're, we are out of time, is I want people to go to your website and to get your book. This is a suspenseful book. It's a true story. And as you can tell, Helios has lived an incredibly exciting life from being a spy to being an inventor to having a patent to having his name on the moon. His book, I Was Trained to Be a Spy, is filled with pictures of his endeavors as well as family pictures. He has a wonderful family and a wonderful wife who he's dedicated the book to. His website is I Was Trained to Be a Spy. www. I Was Trained to Be a Spy. I Was Trained to Be a Spy. He's also one of our distinguished guests. You can see him at StarStyleRadio.com. Go to Distinguished Guests. And again, watch his movies, read his book. Helios, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you for a full hour on the show. By the way, it may become a movie because it's uh, right now is screen written. (laughs) And intrigued. So thank you so much again for being with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I look forward to the next time we talk. I really appreciate it for inviting me, and I thank you very much. Thank you. Helios Dundalakis, I was trained to be a spy. Go to IWasTrainedToBeASpy.com. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Until we celebrate next week, be the star you are. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are nonprofit corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a secret.